0: Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. I am so glad that you're joining me today. I absolutely love coaching and training music teachers all about building an online music business. Seriously, you guys, I have a list of about 50 topics and classes that I want to cover this year, (laughs) so I'm so happy that you're along for the ride. Just a sneak peek at some episodes that are coming up, we'll be talking about some free online marketing, new teaching technology, simple teaching methods, virtual group classes and recitals, having a peaceful teaching mindset, how to raise rates, business strategy, and a ton of interviews with some really impressive and wonderful, wonderful music teachers. In today's episode, we are talking about time management. I think that the number one struggle I hear repeated from teachers again and again is how to manage their time. And maybe you're feeling that way as well. There are so many things that can suck up your time. And if you're not careful and intentional about planning, you can really feel like you'll never, you never get anything done. It's just a never ending to-do list. And I, on top of all that, there are a lot of tutorials out there about teaching and marketing technology, getting new students, running recitals, creating videos. It can be so easy to feel overwhelmed and feel like you have to do everything. What I want to help you is what I want to do is help you see and learn that managing your time will actually give you more time. Plus you'll always know what to work on instead of playing this guessing game of what should I work on today, or just feeling this this feeling that you're never ever done. So let's dive in. Let's talk about time management. The first thing I want to talk about is Studio time suckers. What are the things that are taking up all of your time? And some of these will, you can, I know you'll be able to relate to. Lesson planning, finding materials, studio organization, communication with parents, scheduling trial lessons or lessons with new students, finding new students, billing and invoicing. That's a huge one. Following up on payments, social media and marketing, planning lessons, there are some more as well. Let's not forget these professional development, communication with other teachers, learning new skills, figuring out new technology, helping students get set up, researching equipment, learning how to be effective online, <laughs> apps, software, teaching tools, teachers' associations, and other obligations. And then on top of all that, time for your own musical passions and creativity. The list goes on. You probably have a dozen more. On your list of things that you have to do, feel like you have to do, or just want to do, I want you to know that there are simple solutions to help you be organized, effective, and have amazing growth as a teacher. I I don't want you to feel like you never have time for marketing. There's a new teacher that I'm coaching right now, and something she mentioned a few days ago was, I don't even know that I, like I don't even have time for marketing. I don't even have time to think about it. And what I want you to know is that you absolutely do have time. It's just a matter of prioritizing what matters and getting rid of tasks that don't. And I want to teach you how to do that in these time management episodes. So I'm splitting this this series into two parts. So this is part one of time management. And then next week will be part two because there's so, so much that I want to cover and yes i just wanted to break it up into two parts so that you could come back and listen to them and really take action on some of the things that we're going to be talking about i also want to mention that if those if that list resonated with you or you when you heard that you felt like that is me first know that you're not alone i'm teaching this because i keep hearing it again and again and again also that there are solutions and a lot of the solutions are in the form of checklists, videos, training, coaching, and interaction with other teachers, which is all available inside the Teach Music Online membership. So if you've been enjoying my podcast, I'm so happy that you are. I just want you to know that there are more ways for you to take action. I know a lot of times for myself when I hear an episode or I hear, I watch a video online or see a post and it inspires me to do something, sometimes it's hard for me to know how to actually do it or how to make it apply to my specific situation. So just know that I'm here for you to coach you through all of this, but we're going to kind of do a crash course in time management with these couple of episodes. So the goal, the goal is to spend two to four hours a week in time management, or sorry, in studio management. Two to four hours per week versus spending all of your free time on studio management. So currently, what I, I can assume you probably do is you end a lesson, you have 15 minutes until your next lesson, and what do you do? You follow up on payments, you email a parent, You quickly do some research to find new materials. It's natural for us to just jump to the urgent needs of our day. But if we can use these checklists to create some planned out studio management time, then you will find you'll have so much more free time. So the goal is to take that list of studio time suckers and put it into a three hour weekly time block. Maybe it's two hours, maybe it's four, depending on the size of your studio. First, let's talk about some mistakes that teachers make that only add to this feeling of of being burnt out or exhausted or overwhelmed. So we're going to cover three mistakes. Mistake number one is not getting your materials organized online. How are you organized right now? Do you have... Do you have folders of music? Do you make copies of your music? Do you have cabinets? Or have you transitioned to actually organizing yourself online? If you haven't yet, you should. With online tools like Google Drive, Google Forms, Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets, you can have all of your lesson plans, worksheets, music, and your entire curriculum organized online. Can you tell that I like Google? Google has some amazing free tools that honestly are really easy to learn. It doesn't matter your level of tech ability. Google, it's really user-friendly. And if you haven't dove in yet, just trust me, you need to be using Google Drive. So why, why do I suggest getting yourself online with all of your materials? When you have everything online. And when I mean online, I'm not just saying like on your computer, but actually on the internet. So when it's on the internet, on cloud, or if you use Microsoft or Google, you can then access your files from all of your devices. So during a lesson, you pull out your phone you can op- open up a worksheet. Or you're at a student's house, you can open it up from their computer or from your iPad. It's everywhere. So you don't have to rely on one device or one house for your materials. When your materials are online, you can share them easily with students and parents. So within, I wish I could show you this visually. I do that in my course. (laughs) But just imagine this. You're in Google Drive. You're in a document or a spreadsheet. On the top right, there's a button that says share. You click on that. You type in their email and you share it. Now, what I suggest doing is making a folder for either every level you teach or each student you teach and putting all of your documents for that student in the folder. You can duplicate folders and you can duplicate files and put them in all of your students' folders. Makes it so easy to stay organized and share materials with students. You're going to feel so much more organized when you have everything online does it take time up front to work on this? Yes, it's going to take you a, a week or two to get organized, but it's going to save you hours and hours in the future because you're organized now and you don't have to go back and find things. And the last reason for the need to be online is you're not going to lose your materials. It's so easy to make, to download something from the internet and then have no idea where it is on your computer so when I download a resource, it goes into my Google Drive, into the specific folder, whether it's a composition worksheet or a site reading lesson or uh, sh- some free sheet music that I want to share. I try to keep it all organized so that I can use it in the future and I don't have to go back to the internet to search for something. So mistake number one was not being getting your materials organized online. So what are you going to do? You're going to get organized online. Mistake number two is spending all of your free time in studio management. So I mentioned this before, but right now, every moment in between lessons and before and after is spent putting out fires and frantically keeping your studio going. It is, it's so taxing when you manage your studio this way. And I don't want you to do it anymore because you, there's so much out there that's going to be better for you, like marketing, learning, professional development, incorporating some technology, things that are going to make you really excited versus feeling like you are being run by your studio. All you need is a structured planning system. So what is the best way to structure studio planning? It's with time blocking. I don't know if you've heard the, the phrase time blocking or batching and let me explain a little bit about what it is. Time blocking is simply setting aside an hour or a half an hour for one task and then repeating that every week. So a really easy example would be meal planning. You know what I'm talking about. If you are a meal planner, you have maybe an hour a week, maybe it's every Saturday that you plan your meals for the next week. When you do that, you are saving time because the next week rolls around, your weekdays roll around, and you're not looking in your fridge at 5 p.m. thinking about what to make for dinner. You already know, and you've already planned that. So it saves you a lot of time mentally and physically. So it's the same thing with our studio. It it completely applies. So you're going to learn how to divide tasks into blocks of time. So what might some of those blocks of time be? Studio planning could be a time block. Business organization, marketing and social media, billing, professional development. So what I want you to commit to stop doing right now is busy tasks and having a never-ending to-do list. And I also want to add that it takes a little bit of practice and time, but there's no better time than a new year to set some goals and and, um, intentions to be more organized. Mistake number three that may cause teacher burnout is never raising your rates or never increasing studio value. Your teaching, your expertise, your experience paired with amazing value means that you can charge more for lessons. When was the last time you raised your rates? Do you raise your rates every year? I'm not saying you need to. I know some students, some teachers do. But I, I want you to feel so good about what you're charging in that you know you're, you're getting paid what you are providing, not what you're worth. They're different, they're totally different. The transformation or the value that you're providing is what you can charge for. Not only the number of years you've been teaching or the school you went to or blah, blah, blah certifications. It really is about being a good teacher and providing results for students. And you need to be making the income that you deserve. So that means when you raise your rates, there is less burnout because you're teaching less. You're teaching fewer students and you're likely teaching students that are more committed to you. So let's talk for a second about how you might increase your studio value. Increasing your studio value means adding things to your studio that are going to encourage others to take from you and and keep them with you and They'll refer more to you. So here are just a couple of quick ways to do this. You can increase value with technology. So maybe you need to add an overhead webcam because it, it, it's a better experience for the student. Maybe you need to add some apps or do some screen sharing. I still hear online teachers saying they've never shared their screen before and it just, it, it's crazy to me because there's so much you're missing out on in your teaching opportunities when you don't ever share your screen, which, again, I teach in my course. Another way to add value is a well-mapped curriculum. Have you thought about a curriculum? Have you sat down and spent a few hours thinking through all, all that you teach, the technique, the theory, how composition and and improvisation and sight reading goes into your lessons Have you written out um, levels or benchmarks that you want to reach each semester with a student? I know for myself it was several years before I did that to be honest. <laughs> it was a couple of years and I I when I did do that, I felt so good about bringing students in my studio because I knew I offered something very valuable. I had a plan for each student. Now, does your curriculum change? Yes. Do you have to adapt depending on the student? Absolutely, but it gives you a roadmap for your students. Another way to add value is with performance opportunities, which creates intentional practice for the students. Another way is with good studio communication. I hear so many teachers say that they don't bother sending newsletters out or maybe even communicating at all with parents, and I think that that is a mistake only because your families that you work with will feel more connected to you and feel more gratitude for you when they see the hard work you're putting in. Keep in mind, they are not at all of the lessons, most likely. They have no idea the planning that goes in, the events you're working on, the progress that other students are making, the videos you've recorded. They they have no insight into that. So think of a newsletter Again, I don't love the word newsletter, but think of an, a monthly update as an opportunity to brag about yourself and to remind them of what they get to be a part of versus something on your to-do list. <laughs> we want to add value. We want to make them so happy that they are a part of your studio. Also, I wanted to say that um, people read emails. I know you might think that emails are old school or old fashioned or Why would I want to send another email? I don't even think people read them. They actually do. They do. And if they don't, you can remind them and remind them again. You might have one or two that never see emails because they have so much going on, but it doesn't mean you just don't send them. Okay, and the last way to set to increase studio value is to diversify what you offer. Consider adding a group class once a month. Something that I used to do was the fourth week of every month Students had a group class instead of a one-on-one lesson, and this is all online, So, and they loved it. They really loved getting to see their peers online and to play their songs for each other. Another way to diversify what you offer is through workshops, theory workshops, piano parties, bring a friend day. There's all kinds of ways to add variety, and this gives you something to talk about when you're marketing your studio. No matter where you're at right now, I just want you to know, that you can have amazing success with your studio. I hear, in fact, I had a a call this morning with a teacher who is just feeling so overwhelmed and down and not confident in her ability to transition during this pandemic. And my heart just goes out to her because she has 33 years of teaching and she had 65 students before the pandemic. She's a fantastic incredibly qualified amazing teacher who I have so much to learn from so I just I just want you to know that as you transition online or as you start working through the tech and the all of these things just remember how qualified you are and remember the skills you have that no that no one could replace and you'll get there it's going to be It's going to be a transition, and even just with this episode, thinking about all of the things that maybe you might feel like, oh, I shouldn't do that or that, I just want to encourage you in in knowing that you can make these changes and that I'll help you along the way. Okay, so this was part one of time management. Next week, we are going to go step-by-step through a four-week planning system, and I will be providing a four-week checklist for you so that you can get everything done in a three-hour weekly time block. I've taught this time management presentation a couple of times, and it has been so eye-opening for teachers. So I really, I don't want you to miss part two that's coming next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Reach out to me at teachmusic.online or my website, teachmusic.online or teachmusiconline at gmail.com if you have any questions or you'd like to connect with me. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in with 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.